To everything there is a season, and a time for every purpose under heaven. Join me as we dive into the history behind some of the most beloved songs for every season. Seasons of celebration, seasons of gratitude, and seasons of anticipation and more. In each episode, I'll explain the I'll explain the history of a well-known song and then perform some of it for you, copyright willing. My name is Michael D. Young, and today I'm going to discuss How Great Thou Art. This beloved hymn has an incredible, yet improbable history. Today it has been covered by more popular artists and groups than almost any other hymn. But it didn't start out that way. In fact, it began as a simple poem in Swedish in the late 1800s. A Swedish editor and politician, Karl Boberg, was walking home one night in his hometown of Munsterras, and a fierce thunderstorm appeared in the distance. He noticed that the storm was coming toward him, and so he ran for shelter. After waiting out the worst of the storm, he ran home and opened his windows to let in the fresh air as the storm was petering out. He heard the singing of birds and the sounding of a distant church bell where there had been such chaos and power only a short time before, there was now beautiful peace and serenity. The whole experience inspired him, and immediately he wrote a poem, which he called, O Store Gud. This translates to, O Mighty God. He published this poem in a local newspaper, and an unknown person put the lyrics together with a Swedish folk song, to which tune it is still often sung today. It started to move around to other countries, first to Germany in the early 1900s. It was translated into Wie groß bist du, How Great Thou Art, by Manfred von Glein. Then it was translated into Russian by Ivan S. Prokhanov. It was first translated into English by a Swedish-American man named E. Gustav Johnson in 1925. But his version didn't end up becoming the de facto version that is sung today. That honor goes to Stuart K. Hine. So Hine was an English missionary working in Ukraine, and he heard the Russian version of Ostore Gut while he was there. Eventually, he created his own English translation of the song, which was more of a liberal translation, just getting the ideas and not going word for word. He even changed the title to be How Great Thou Art. He was forced by the outbreak of World War II to return to England, where he used the first three English stanzas during the war to comfort his congregations. The fourth stanza he added after the war, and it was published in 1949 in a missionary magazine called Grace and Peace. He included two stanzas that are often omitted from English hymnals today. Oh, when I see ungrateful man defiling this bounteous earth, God's gifts so good and great, in foolish pride, God's holy name reviling, and yet in grace, his wrath and judgment wait. That was one verse. And then another, when burdens press and seem beyond endurance, bow down with grief, to him I lift my face. And then in love, he brings me sweet assurance, my child, for thee, sufficient is my grace. So those two verses are not commonly sung in English these days. This magazine reached missionaries in 15 different countries, where it took a roundabout route to reach the United States. It first came under the notice of J. Edwin Orr, who was a British-American evangelist who traveled to India in 1954. 
While he was there, he heard a native choir singing How Great Thou Art in English and was deeply moved. He, he brought the song back to the United States and had it performed at a collegiate conference where he was presenting. And at that conference, the children of singing cowboy and actor Tim Spencer were in the audience. Spencer was the owner of a Christian music publishing company that's still around. It's called Mana Music. He bought the rights to the song right away and started advertising it all over the country. It was then heard by a man named George Beverly Shea, and he was a soloist associated with the traveling preacher, Billy Graham. Shea introduced the song to Billy, who loved it so much that he made sure it was included in all of his appearances as the signature song of his preaching campaign. And so he went all over the place, and the song was performed in everywhere that he preached. From there, the song was heard by millions of people as Shea sang it on the radio and in front of huge crowds and stadiums and other halls all over the country. Shea said of the hymn, We first sang it in the Toronto, Canada Crusade of 1955. Cliff Barrows and his large volunteer choir assisted in the majestic refrains. Soon after, we used it in the Hour of Decision radio broadcasts and in American Crusades. In the New York meetings of 1957, the choir joined me in singing it 93 times. So it got a lot of play during those years. It then got picked up by artists such as Tennessee Ernie Ford, Loretta Lynn, and eventually Elvis Presley, who sang it on his farewell tour just weeks before he died. Today, the text and the music are still owned by Mana Music, who still collects large royalties in order to include it in movies or anything else. And so, unfortunately, I will not be able to sing it today. But if you would like to hear it, chances are all you need to do is go to a church. Thank you for listening. May music fill this and every season of your life 